Most of us have experienced pressures and expectations at some stage in our lives. And, well, we all know just how tough that can be. Well, now imagine you were born into music royalty, like today's Women of Impact. Daughter of legendary pop goddess Diana Ross and Motown Records founder Barry Gordy, today's guest knows only too well what it's like to have to live up to high expectations. But she realised early on that it's nobody's job to make you happy. It's nobody's job to pull you through. Nobody was going to give her the sunshine that lights inside of her. That her path was hers and hers alone to walk. And there ain't no mountain high enough that could keep her from being her authentic self. Now, a social artist, her unique and distinct voice and lyrical messages on racism, sexism and self-love have garnered her rave reviews and standing ovations at the Hollywood Bowl and the Theatre at Madison Square Garden, just to name a few. She then, in the name of love, joined her mother as the opening act of a 2013 tour, as well as headlining one of President Obama's second inaugural balls. Now, singer, songwriter, actress and speaker, it's safe to say this woman has shattered expectations and, just like her mum, is reigning supreme. So please, help me in welcoming the woman whose inspiring and uplifting music is sweeping the nation. The woman whose endless love for language is arresting us through lyrics. To see and believe that we too can do and be anything we choose. And the woman who, in case you didn't know, is doing all of that all while discovering who she really is. The radiant Rhonda Ross. Oh my goodness, thank you. Welcome <laughs> oh to goodness. the show, girl. Oh, I'm so moved by that intro, thank you. Of course, <laughs> I had so much fun thank writing you, it. Um, I actually think where I want to start is, I heard you say something about expectations and it stopped me so much in my tracks, I was like, I have to bring this up. So when I think about expectations put upon me by my parents and my family, it's usually for me, oh my God, can I live up to it? And that's what I find with a lot of people. But you actually said that you didn't want to be limited by the oh. expectations. And yeah. that hit me so hard because it's such a beautiful way to frame it. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about how you, and if you felt limited by those expectations. You know, it, it's an interesting thing to try to talk about um, uh, the limitations that I feel by being the, the child of these two icons because there are so many beautiful benefits to being uh, the, the child of these two people. First of all, they're amazing people. But what, what I feel the limitations are is yes, they've achieved so much. So there is that sense of, can I live up to it? There is that. But what they've achieved is so identifiable mm. in um, pop culture, American culture, uh, international culture. It's so identifiable and specific. So what I meant by limitations is that as I have in my life been trying to define myself and discover myself, I have felt a lot of um, pushback from society saying that's, that's not part of the brand mm -hmm. that your parents built. So it left me with two questions. It left me with, am I going to, um, denigrate that brand and oh I, you know there's a lot of celebrities kids that do that right they say let me tell you what they built wasn't so great mm. or they or they they sink into it 
and become invisible by from it, right? right? So there seems to be like those two choices. So what I've been trying to do for all this time is walk this line between that. I'm very proud of who they are and what they built and how recognizable it is and what it did to the world. Um, and yet I don't want to be swallowed by it mm. because that is, that is a constant challenge for me um, um, to find my own without, uh, uh, without in any way uh, um, denigrating what they did. And so there are lovers of Motown and lovers of, of my mother that look at me and say, you're not playing the game that we fell in love with. And a lot of what they're wanting is the second coming of that. And, uh, and I won't be the second coming in the way that they want, but I am the next incarnation of that. Like, what does it look like when you follow your own dreams um, despite what people are expecting of you? What does it look like when you carve your own self mm. um, out of the ether, that sort of thing? Which is exactly what my parents were doing in the 60s, right? They were saying, Despite what you all right. think, this is who we are, and we're going to create ourselves in our own image and, and, uh, and, and present ourselves to you. So uh, we're going to think outside the box, and we're going to you know, um, reimagine what this can be. And so that is what I'm doing. Uh, so, but it looks different because we're in a different time. Yeah. So how time. do you do that? Because... Obviously, you live a, I would say, an extreme version of expectations yeah, and the yes, pressure put yeah. upon you about, from your family. Yeah. Um, I can only imagine what that type of pressure looks like. But other people at home, whether it's that extreme or not, yeah. have all felt that pressure yeah, and those yeah. expectations yeah. from parents sure. or something like that. Um, how did you work through it in order to discover your authentic self? Because so many yeah. people now search for that. Yeah. I think there is only one way, <laughs> and, I, and, and it's the way that I ended up finding, which was to go deep inside myself, to get quiet inside myself, whether that be through meditation or a walk in nature or whatever that thing is, but to get, get quiet enough inside yourself um, to hear the voice that is truly yours, right? Mm. So I, and I think that's a, by the way, I, I don't think that's a one-time gig. Of course. I think, that, I think that is a every minute of the day gig. Mm -hmm. um, but I started that work, I would say about 20 years ago. Um, I was living in Los Angeles and, um, and I had come out here to, to be an actress and I didn't get hired anywhere. And I had to find who I am um, when I'm all by myself and what is valuable about me when I'm all by myself, when casting agents aren't calling, when there are no accolades, mm. when, um, you know, when, when money is drying up, when, you know, all kinds of, you know, all of that, like who, you know, who are you? And I got quiet and I learned to meditate and I learned, uh, to self-talk. I learned to listen, um, and slowly, what was the answers I was hearing were, were, were telling me and guiding me towards the things that really lit me up from the inside. Mm. Um, what I cared about, what I want to talk about, um, what I want to write about, um, uh, uh, what kind of art I wanted to make, what I wanted to look like, 
what I want to look like on the stage, um, but also who I want to be in my life, you know? I was going to have my life no matter what, you know, no matter uh, what people thought they wanted from uh, the daughter of this royalty, you know, whatever they thought they wanted, I was still going to have my own and I was going to live my life, um, have the relationships that were important to me and mm -hmm. put my uh, focus in on them. Um, my, my husband, my friends, my siblings, and then my son. I was going to raise him the way, you know, hands-on, the way my mother raised us. So 20 years ago, I started that work of listening, quieting down enough to listen to what is important to me mm -hmm. and doing my best to adhere to that and honor that so that um, I'm not doing things that are important to other people. I'm doing things that are important to me. So let's say, did you find yourself doing things that are important to other people and then catching yourself? And then catching myself. For many years, I would, I would always wear a gown on stage, for instance. And uh, I couldn't imagine that Dinah Ross's daughter could do something other than that. My mother's known for her gowns and her fashion right. and her costume changes and all of that. I never did costume changes because <laughs> I thought... <laughs> draw the line. Yeah, draw, draw the line somewhere. But, um, but I was always in a gown. And uh, as I continued this work and mm -hmm. I started following what felt real to me, my music started to change. Mm -hmm. And the music became a um, little more earthy and a little more grounded, a um, little funkier. And, but my clothing didn't change because I couldn't imagine what, wow, what, so your own limitations in your my mind. My own mental limitations, absolutely. And so I, I met with this icon, uh, you know, this singer um, who's also a producer and everything. She's from the 60s, 70s. And, and uh, someone had told us that we should meet mm -hmm. because she would be, um, uh, she would love what I do. And so we met and I shared with her my YouTube clips and all that stuff in my gowns. And uh, we sat down like this, and she said to me, I gotta be honest, I don't get it. Like, you don't seem particularly unique or interesting. Um, I mean, you know, you got an okay voice, but I don't get it. And it devastated me. And, um, but luckily in the moment, I said to myself, okay, I am unique but something I'm doing is not translating to her. Mm. So I sat there with her and I just kept asking her what she meant and asking her what she meant. And I thanked her for being honest with me that she was not seeing this thing that I thought that I was giving. Mm. So when I left her, I did go cry. <laughs> and I started and I went inside and I started mm. thinking. And I said, what did I just hear today? And I. I said to myself, I heard that something I think I'm giving is being lost in translation. People are not seeing it. Why not? And I start looking at all the ways in which my authentic self was not showing up mm. physically that other people could see. And, um, and one of the ways was my look. And I said, okay, if my, if my music and my core are a mix between um, African culture and funk and rock and roll, um, then my look should be that. And mm -hmm. I started making my look match mm -hmm. what I felt was, was on the inside. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but that was, that was clearly me feeling like 
Dinah Ross's daughter doesn't look like this. Mm. Dinah Ross's daughter doesn't dress like this. But apparently she does. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> apparently she does. I, be, I find it so fascinating and empowering and surprising because most people would go to, they don't know what they're talking about, right? When she's yeah, giving you yeah, this yeah, advice yeah. and she's like, I just don't get it. This yeah, doesn't work. Yeah. This doesn't work. Um, in those moments, I have found myself um, before I, you know, developed a growth mindset yeah. to be like, well, they just don't know what they're talking about, yeah, right? Because yeah. it's hard to look inwards. It, it, can, it can be hard, but it has always served me. I'm honest, um, first and foremost with myself. Like I'm really brutally honest with myself. Um, and it's not in a self-critical, denigrating mm-hmm. way. It's, it's in a way to grow, you know? Like I, I know that if I look at it, I can fix it. I was um, doing a sound check at, at a gig in New York, and I had some backup singers who were relative, quite new to me. We had had a couple of rehearsals. And we were in the sound check, and uh, I was checking my mic, and I kept saying, I, I can't hear it to the sound guy. I can't, I can't hear it. I can't hear myself. And um, the background singer, who I really didn't know well at all, came up to me and said, you're singing so far away from the microphone. Why are you doing that? that? First of all, that's why they can't hear you. <laughs> but, but second of all, why are you doing that? People are coming to hear you sing. They want to hear your voice. Mm. Pull the microphone up to your mouth. And I said, honestly, sometimes I hit a note that I don't like. To, I don't like and I make sure the microphone is away from my mouth because mm. I'm afraid I'm going to hit these notes. She said, yeah, but people are coming to hear you. You should give them you. That's all she said. So... For the show, I pulled the microphone right up to my mouth, and I sang. And I hit some really bad notes. (laughs) But guess what? When you hear them, you can fix them. Mm. It was like that concept is what I've all, I've been practicing that with myself. Mm. If I can see it, I can fix it. If I turn a blind eye to it, it'll stay wrong for a lot longer. If you open your eyes to what is really happening, the, it's as if the light of truth washes it away. You don't even really have to work at it after that, just looking at it. So I've always done that. And whether that be something I want to improve about myself or whether that be something that's unconsciously painful, mm. that I don't understand why that hurts me, I will get quiet with myself um, and simply ask. I'll just ask myself, what was that pain about? It's a great, powerful, self-soothing mechanism and empowering all at the same time, which I love. Um, Talk to me about happiness, because I heard you say that growing up with such famous parents, it would have been easy for you to... um, associate happiness yes. with fame, yes. fortune, accolades. Yes. Um, and I think that's where a lot of child um, stars or children of stars yes. fall prey to. Um, talk to me about that and how old were you when you identified that? Because that's so powerful, even today with social yes. media, where yes. people are like, how many likes did I get? Yes. It's interesting because I think that uh, growing up in the spotlight and backstage and all of that, and around the glamour, and around the money, mm-hmm. and around the hit songs, and around the applause and the crowds of people, um, it really would have been easy um, to assume that that dictated 
value. Right. Um, but one of the reasons I was able to dismantle that for myself is because my mother and my father are such real people that I was able to, to see the realness behind all of that. Um, one, the work that it takes for that. And two, how fleeting that is, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have a hit song today and nobody knows your name tomorrow, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. you know, so you have to really decide what it is that feels like, like, like foundation to you. And what's interesting about the question that you ask is that, again, it is, it is a daily process, you know? I know this, this fact that we're talking about, but just yesterday or two days ago in my meditation, I was looking at it again, you know? I was just saying to, like reminding myself or asking myself, what are the things that, um, that really fill me with with a sense of fulfillment, mm. you know, and just so I could kind of hone back into it and, and get clear again about it, because it's really easy to lose your way. And so I constantly check in, I constantly check in. What would I do if, if I had a billion dollars? <laughs> what would I do mm. if I'm not trying to make money, if I'm not trying to impress somebody? Um, what would I do if I just could get up in the morning and do anything? You know, what fills me? What, fulfills me. And, um, and for me, uh, parenting my son fulfills me. Um, my art fulfills me. And, and these conversations. Mm -hmm. And how important is it then for you to repeat those? Because you said like only the other day. So yeah, <laughs> it's a constant for me. Mm. It's a constant for me. It's a it's work. And I do the work every day, and, and it's not like just lucky that I woke up this way. I do the work. I wake up in the morning, and my first thoughts are appreciation, uh, gratitude, on purpose. Mm -hmm. I walk through my day, and I purposely look for the things that I'm wanting to see. Mm -hmm. um, when things don't go my way, I purposely try to see the other side of it, you know, or breathe and say, well, I, you know, nothing I could do about that. Let me just sit here and cool out, you know, yeah. or I, but it's on purpose right. and it's daily and it's daily. I think that people don't realize that it's work, you know, that, that there's a practice to it, a conscious on purpose practice to staying in the right frame of mind. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, it, um, I'm not ashamed to say that it's a practice and it's something I must practice. And when things, when I turn around and I realize I'm not waking up so grateful, I'll say, oh, look, I haven't been meditating. It's been three days, five days, 10 days, whatever it is. And I haven't really meditated or I haven't journaled or I haven't um, listened to some of the inspirational stuff that, that winds me back up and cl clicks me back in. You know, I haven't been doing that. I've been watching too much news, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I, and I'll catch myself and say, oh, that's why, you know. You track your feelings with how your habits have I, changed. I absolutely yeah. do. I'm very aware of my feelings. Um, that's why I can get quiet and go inside and, and listen. I'm really, I'm really aware. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really conscious of where I am. I just don't know that how many people know that it's a practice yeah. and it's work. 
I actually love what you said earlier about like if you had the billion dollars. Like yeah. I ask that question in job interviews. Yeah. So it is guaranteed if you're yeah. going to sit in front of me to yes. apply for a position here, yes. that's one of the questions I ask. Such a great because question. I want to know to your core, what would you do with your life? Yeah. Because a lot of people is like, oh, well, I want money to buy a house. And yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah, always yeah. like, Okay, you've got a billion dollars, you, got houses, you, got you bought the houses, yeah, yeah, yeah. you've got all the trips, you bought yeah. your parents, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. you're left with 100, 800 million. All right, what yeah. do you do with 800? What does your yes. morning look like? Like you wake up and? That. Yeah. Because that will show you what is important yeah. to you. And I think that like every day, like when I wake up and it's like the stress or the strain of yeah. something, I'm yeah. just like, well, A, I choose this life. That's right. Like no one's handcuffing me to That's this. That's right. It doesn't matter how much money or little money you have, you yes. choose that life. Yes. Yes. Now, I'm not saying people don't have circumstances mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. they've been brought up in, right? Obviously, yeah, yeah, even yeah. for you, it's like you were born into this. Yeah. You didn't have a choice of that. Right, right, but right. you did have a choice on how you were going to handle it and what you're going to do with your, your day to day from that. Yes. And I think that idea of if you had all the money in the world, then what would you do? Mm -hmm. And I think precious few people have ever really thought about that yeah. because we're so um, geared to, I want to do this and make it to that, right. you know, or, or make that much money or, and then, and then do these great things with the money. But then, okay, all of that is done. Now what? Right. You know, exactly. what, what wakes you up in the morning for real? And then when you get that answer, like I was talking about, you know, the light on, on the answer, uh, you get that answer and it shows you there's so much of that stuff that you would do if you had all the money that you can do right now. Mm -hmm. There's so much of that that you can instill in your life right now. Yeah. You know? yeah. Talking about the light, I mentioned yeah. it in my intro. I stole your lyrics for yes. some of my yes, intro. I love that. Um, <laughs> and it just hit me so hard because everything you're talking about now, you put into your music. Yeah. And so you even said, like, nobody's going to make you happy. Ain't nobody. Like, yeah. it's you who has to light that fire inside yeah, of you. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me about that. Like, how did you come up with that conclusion? Yeah. Is it like a daily practice again of making sure that you keep that light alive? Yeah, yeah. This particular song, I was having a pity party one day. I was um, feeling bad. You know, I was feeling frustrated. I, I, I can't remember the exact circumstance, but I, I think it was career oriented. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, I was disappointed and frustrated and discouraged um, and having a pity party and complaining about somebody or something. And I heard spirit say to me, um, ain't nobody's job to make you happy, Rhonda, really. <laughs> and I said, wait, what? Nobody's job to make you happy. First of all, there's not one person on this planet, not your mama, not your child, not your spouse, who is living their life to make you happy. Mm -hmm. and, um, and even if they were, they can't. I have to do that for myself. No amount of somebody else's love is going to do it for me. No amount of someone else's uh, compliments are going to do it for me. No amount of money is going to do it for me. No amount of fame is going to do it for me. And so I heard that and it was big and it was like, uh. <laughs> and I literally in that moment sat down and started to write those, those lyrics wow. and that song. Yeah. And that's how that song came about. That is something I, I really, I take to heart. I believe it. Um, I also feel like it empowers me because there are so many circumstances in the world that don't make me happy, that I can't change. Mm. I can't change them, I, you know, especially not in this moment. There are things I can do towards it, but I can't 
change it in this moment. So I have to decide if I'm going to be my fullest self, which includes my joy and my, uh, my peace and my um, alignment with source, which gives me my wisdom. I have to decide if I'm going to be that in the face of this thing that I don't like that, um, that I can't change, or if I'm going to be my depressed, um, discouraged, disappointed self in the face of that. Which one, one has the better chance of ever changing those things, uh, but also which one do I want to live with, right? Which one do I want to embody? Um, just the other day, I, I was taking the garbage out and it was a major rainstorm. <laughs> it was like, like major, but we were late. I had to get it out so we could get in the car so we could, you know, that kind of thing. And I, it was short, it was four minutes, I don't know, but I could spend those four minutes cursing out the rain mm -hmm. or I could find a game in it. And you know what I mean? You can't change it in that moment. So how are you going to be in it? Um, I, I have control over that. No one else has control over it. And when I, when I curse out the rain or I curse out the guy on the street or, or whatever, or even my government, whatever it is, I give them all my power mm -hmm. over my life. They don't even care about my life. <laughs> and I'm giving them all, if I'm screaming at the television behind somebody, they don't even, they don't know, they don't even know me. Mm -hmm. And I'm literally giving them my life. Yeah, so. I love that so yeah. much. Like when I came to that realization yeah. as well, it changed everything changed for everything. me. And it's interesting to yeah. see how some people fear that. The yeah. notion that they can control it, they fear, they almost yeah. don't want, they yeah. want other people to dictate for them whether they should be happy, sad, mad or mm -hmm. um, whatever. But I found it, like you said, the most empowering thing because yeah. now I can control it. Giving up my power to someone is the scariest thing I could possibly imagine. I can't, yeah. And if you're married, I don't know if you find this, yeah. but I definitely find that at some point, at one point, my husband and I, our moods would affect each other. Yeah. Yeah. Because if, if you are allowing them to be the, the dictator of your happiness, yes. you will also allow them to dictate every other emotion. Absolutely. 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 Now, here's the other thing. The minute you say, I love you, but you don't get to dictate mm -hmm. my emotions, it, it frees him and everyone else to have their emotions. <laughs> they get to be who they mm -hmm. want to be. They get to have a bad mood, a good day, a bad day. They get to do whatever because they're not now even worried about whether it's affecting you. Mm -hmm. Like it frees people up, you know? I mean, I, again, I, talk, I do talk about my, my boy a lot. Um, we had someone, he was looking forward to seeing this person come over. Oh, he was looking for it all day, all day, all day. And not only did she not come over, she didn't call, she didn't, you know what I mean, nothing. I, I called her, nothing. And, um, and I said to him, listen, Nobody makes or breaks our happiness. Like, our train keeps going. You know what I mean? So she didn't show up. Yeah. Ain't, ain't nothing. So the next day she called. Oh, her phone dropped in the thing. I don't know. And, <laughs> and she said, you know, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I said, listen, nobody stops our happiness. Mm -hmm. You know? So she said, well, can I get a rain check? Am I allowed to come back? I said, yeah, come in. Come over anytime. You know? Like, my, she was expecting my anger. Mm -hmm. She was expecting you ruined our day. Mm -hmm. You know, don't disappoint my child. You know, all of this, what? all this stuff. I said, no, 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 listen, we're good. We're happy. We had a great day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think it frees, it doesn't just free us up. Mm -hmm. It frees them up. 
go be you. Go yeah. do you. Go do you. I'm doing me. Yeah. So you go do you. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. But I definitely want to talk about your yes. son because I yes. know that you actually had um, problems conceiving at first. Yes. So talk to me um, through that okay. um, and how did you stay positive? How did you, um, how did that affect you on a day to day? Yeah. Oh, um, I've always wanted to be a mother. I knew that. Um, and I met my husband young. I met him when I was 22. And, uh, and we pretty much started trying right away. <laughs> and, um, and I never, con I didn't conceive. I didn't conceive, I didn't conceive, I didn't conceive. Uh, it took forever. Uh, no doctor could figure out why. Um, we tried, you know, everything up to in vitro. We tried all the other things. Mm -hmm. None of that worked. Uh, so How we, were you feeling throughout that entire process? Um, honestly, uh, that it, it, it took a lot. It took a lot of the practice. It took yeah. a lot of work uh, to stay optimistic. Sometimes I wasn't. Um, even when when I had those moments of being discouraged, I would have them just momentarily because I go inside, I look, I shed the light, I, I, I can fix it once I see it, and then I kind of come back up and I'm ready to try something new. Is that because you've trained yourself to recognize the triggers so that you know then, okay, when I feel like this, go inwards and then you start I, that I, cycle? I think that's, exact, I okay. think that's exactly it. I, I think that's exactly it. Um, I didn't give up because I was dreaming of a child. I just, I didn't know how to give it up. That's really, I didn't know how to give it up. Um, I didn't know how the child was going to come. I was game to adopt. I was game to, you know, I was, oh. I, I was open to the avenues, but I knew I wanted to be a mother and I wasn't ready to give that up. Mm. And also, I didn't know at the time that I was doing it, but, but it's something that I do practice now, which is really appreciating the steps mm. towards something. Um, even though you feel like you, um, you have that goal in mind, you want to get all the way to that goal, um, appreciating each step towards it, even when you haven't gotten yet to the goal. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is part of, of, of this, these, the, these tools that I have that help me stay happy mm -hmm. and all of those things. Um, so, so I was doing that without even knowing it. I was, I was saying, okay, this, this pregnancy got further than last pregnancy. And then we miscarried, but, but the next pregnancy got a little further than that pregnancy, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and it helped me a lot. Um, it's different than optimistic and hopeful. It's, it's really appreciating where you are. It's appreciating what you've accomplished, mm -hmm. you know. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I love that because I always say just in regards to business, no yeah. success is ever guaranteed, so you better enjoy the journey. Absolutely. Matter of fact, uh, I'm, I'm glad you said that. In one of the pregnancies, I was so terrified through the whole pregnancy. And I, we got far. We got like to four and a half months. Wow. And I was terrified. I enjoyed it not at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> because I was terrified. Right. And, um, and then when we lost it, I thought, well, that was a waste. Mm. I had four and a half months. I could have actually been happy. I never, I never was. And so the next one, which was Raif, I remember saying, I'm pregnant now. Hmm. That's what I know. There's nothing promised. But I'm pregnant now, and I'm excited to be pregnant now. And I'm going to celebrate being pregnant now. I'm going to celebrate being three days pregnant. And I'm going to celebrate being three weeks pregnant. And I'm going to celebrate being three months pregnant. You have to enjoy the journey 
because that's all you have is the journey. Mm -hmm. That's all you have is the journey. How important do you think that that was then in um, succeeding and having a child? I mean, the mind is so it's, powerful. The mind is so powerful. I actually think it was it was extremely important. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's, I don't actually know the stats, but about um, people who are in intensive care units mm -hmm. and the people that actually believe they're going to be okay, yep. right? The placebo effect, if yeah, you yeah, will, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, end up being way, like healing way faster and actually getting better because mm -hmm. they believe they're going to. Yeah, yeah. No, I think belief is, is everything. Mm -hmm. I think mindset is everything. Yeah. And, um, and with my son's pregnancy, I had shifted something. Hmm. And first of all, a lot of people said I couldn't get pregnant because of my fibroids. They said if I did get pregnant, I wouldn't hold it because of my fibroids. Hmm. Um, I was already in my late 30s, I was 38. And, um, and they were saying, well, you know, there are these risks because of your age. And, um, you know, there's risks that your child will have this, that, and the other. And I, I just was. I was really focused on that, that pregnancy specifically, I think mm -hmm. because the one before that I had let all those fears come in. Yeah. So when did you write Summer Day? Was it before that or after that? Because what you sing about yeah. is... Uh, Summer Day is written after that. Oh, okay. But um, what Summer Day is about is, is about holding on to the knowledge mm. that that there will again be a summer day, that in, even in the coldest winter, even when the snow is packed over, that there are these buds underneath that soil ready to bloom. And, and you just have to sort of know that as you're walking through your winter, mm -hmm. you know, you have to know that. Um, you, you have to know what's real despite everything you see around you, you know. And it's so visceral, I mean, you can yeah. literally, as, you, you know, your moments of shivering, and your, your lips are going blue yes, and yeah. your hands go. Yeah. And it's the Dow quote, I think, where it's, um, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. I love that quote so much. So do I. I remind myself that in the darkest moments of my life. And I remind myself of that even in the brightest ah, moments of my life. You know what? Yes. How about that? I don't remind myself, but you're so yeah. true. So How about right. that? Yeah. That, that? Somebody said that to me once and I went like, whoa. Yeah. Because this too shall pass. Uh -huh. In that, appreciate it. Be right here, right now. Be right here, right now, because it's good and it's delicious and you know, nothing, nothing's promised after this. So it's, 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 I, I use that, I use that quote a lot myself. <laughs> That's actually yeah. really true. It's yeah. like, it's funny how in the depths of despair, mm -hmm. we use all these tactics and tools, but we kind of forget about them yeah. when we're on the high. That's yeah. really important yeah. actually. And not to make yourself feel bad about the no. highs, but just to remind, enjoy it now. Enjoy it. Yeah. To be with it, yeah. to be in it, you know? Um, yeah. I, I, you know, that's been big for me, especially recently, is, is presence and mm -hmm. being present in the moment, really, really present I and mean, just anchoring yourself mm -hmm. in it and saying, this is where I am. This is what's happening. This feels good. This feels scary. This feels whatever it feels, but I'm going to be in it right now. You know, I think we have a... a a tendency to, to run away and, you know, you're sitting here, but you already think about the yeah, drive home. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> you know, yeah. So true. Yeah. Um, what do you consider your superpower to be? I think my superpower <laughs> is, is emotional resilience. Oh. That's what I think. I think it is. No one can knock me down. I can knock me down. 
but no one else really can knock me down unless I give them permission to knock me yeah. down, right? And, you know, unless I give them the opening to knock me down. And I have that, I have the ability to, um, to armor myself against that, mm -hmm. you know, to, um, um, to practice my personal power, to, to love myself, to soothe myself, to empower myself, to lift myself up when I'm down, to, to look at what's happening and, and shed light upon it. Like I have all of that control inside of me, all of that ability. And it's up to me whether I use it or don't, but I have it. That's my superpower. That's awesome. <laughs> and so where can people come find you and your music you. and everything you're doing? Yes. Uh, so therondaross.com. And on social media, I'm the Ronda Ross. So that's Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all of that. Yeah. yeah. Guys, guys, you've got to go check this woman out. I spent all morning and last night just like in taking in every ounce of her. Her music is beautiful and so inspiring so go check her out if you're not following me follow me at lisa billy and if this episode brought you value guys click that the subscribe button down there and until next time be the hero of your own life peace out that was wonderful